Hello and welcome to Como Explained. It's a podcast from the KBIA Newsroom. We take the thorny issues and politics that affect our community and we break them down. I'm Scott Pham, the Digital Content Director here at KBIA. Hosting with me, as always, is Ryan Famuliner, Assistant News Director for KBIA. How you doing, Ryan? I'm good, Scott. Thanks. You know, Ryan, I just realized that, that I always talk about the thorny issues in politics that affect yeah. our community. And these days, it tends to be the the dead animals and, and <laughs> the goofy the, stuff we want to talk about. Stuff. I mean, there's still – this is actually the issue you're talking about today is a little sticky, but it's also really goofy. Yeah, maybe we should change it up. It just doesn't sound very good in an intro to say, <laughs> we talk about the weird stuff you've never thought about before. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> then sometimes we will talk about a really thorny issue. So yeah. you're going to have to – oh, tell you what, Scott, how about you just work harder and write write real intros? What do you say? <laughs> how about how about you think up some thorny issues for us? <laughs> All right. Or, or how about our listeners do that for us? That would be great too. Yeah, you guys uh, do that really well. Yeah, you do actually. But so this week we're going to talk about – Billboards in Missouri. Billboards. Okay. So again, thornier than you think. Thornier than you think. Absolutely. Um, and if you think about it, if you've ever, if you're not originally from this area, or if you ever have a friend visit, I, almost every time I, it comes up in conversation, what's the deal with all these billboards? What's the deal with all the and you know all the sex shops and all that kind of stuff and fireworks? That's one of the first you know kind of embarrassing things as a Missouri a native Missourian is that you know if somebody comes to the state mentions that because you drive in on I seventy or one of the other highways and you see all these billboards and they're kind of ugly and they have all kinds of weird things on them right do you do you ever feel defensive about that man? I get really defensive sometimes. really yeah I'm just like yeah, well you know what it's not our I mean we couldn't do anything about it they're just there there's not that many porn shops really if you get down to it which we'll talk more about later I tried to find an answer. <laughs> But, yeah, I do get a little defensive. But there are actually some good reasons for why we have so many billboards in the state. And that's really what we're going to talk about today is uh, where we got to where we are today with these billboards. Yeah, so it's two things, right? Yeah. Uh, We got weird billboards and we have a lot of billboards. So in 2000, uh, MoDOT said that Missouri has an average of three billboards per highway mile, right? Yeah, which is actually a lot. It's Uh, actually a lot. They compared it to other states at that time in 2000. And at that time, it was about three per mile here in Missouri. In Kansas, there were only two per mile. Arkansas had 0.9 signs per mile. Oklahoma, 0.75 per mile. Nebraska, 0.4 per mile. So... Basically, we had a lot more than surrounding states in our area. We were the leaders then, and those numbers probably haven't changed much. Right. So these days we have about 8,700 billboards along Missouri highways. That's what MoDOT gave us. And it's important to remember that number is a little fungible. It's not exact. The way MoDOT counts it is if you got a post that is billboard having, that's a billboard. Of course, you could put two next to each other, and you can put one on either side. So one billboard can be one, or it can be two, or it can be four. Okay. So one thing that we'll talk a lot about as we go on here uh, that helps explain this is that billboard companies have a lot of political presence and have throughout the last couple of decades at the state legislature level. And at the state level is where this that if your effort should be as as a billboard company, so an outdoor advertising company. Throughout history, really, that's how billboards have been regulated, is at the state level. And again, looking back at 2000, when Missouri really didn't have many restrictions, there were 25 states that had partial or full bans on billboards. Vermont, Hawaii, and Maine all actually removed billboards from highways and rights away, even if they were already there uh, when they changed the law there. Uh, Alaska's constitution prohibits billboards there. 
Um, right. Yeah, all this is to say that it's not unusual to restrict billboards, that Missouri has been particularly lax up until recently. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, really, nothing really happened after the federal laws, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But in Missouri, nothing really happened until the mid-90s, actually. But for, to start, let's just talk about where we are now. Yeah. So right now, new billboards in the state have to be at least 1,400 feet away from the nearest billboard on the same side of the highway. Now, if you've driven on the highway, you're, gonna, you're thinking that's not the case. Sometimes they're very close. They're, sometimes they're very close. There's definitely th- many that do not conform with that, and that's because they've been grandfathered in. We're going to talk a lot more about that yeah. later. Yeah, turns out most of the existing stock of billboards out there are not complying with current regulations. <laughs> they weren't, but new ones cannot be built that do not comply. Exactly. And that's important to note. We'll talk more about the timeline later, but that's what the rule is now on distance between billboards, and that really determines how many billboards there can be, correct? Yeah. Because, I mean, you only have a set amount of mileage in the state, and that's really the only way to limit it. There is a natural limit. Right. Yeah. I suppose you could actually put a real number limit, but um, that's not how most states regulate it. It really is this uh, space restriction. Yeah. Um, There have been attempts at that, but it's never been successful. Right. And so the maximum size of it, 800 square feet. So it's a maximum length of 72 feet, height of 30 feet. Uh, You can have two displays side by side. But new ones can't be stacked one above another. That's something that changed uh, in the last couple of decades as well. You, you will see some double-deckers out there still that were grandfathered in. There's also a lot of rules that have to do with the areas that these billboards are in. We'll talk more about that later too. But right now, in an unzoned or area zoned commercial or industrial, the sign location has to be within 750 feet of a visible and recognizable commercial or industrial activity on that same side of the highway. Um, and so that has to do with it not being in rural areas. That was one of the big things that was passed and uh, that was focused on in early regulation at the federal level, especially of, of billboards, was to try to keep these out of rural areas where there's really no business anyway. So you're just completely spoiling countryside, right? They wanted these to be in metropolitan type areas, areas where there's actual industry and people living, I guess you should say, mm-hmm. uh, real business happening. Then the only other thing to note about where regulations are now, it costs $200 uh, for your application for a new billboard. If you're going to build a brand new billboard, uh, you'll also need to pay a $100 fee for inspection every two years, which isn't that high when you get right down to it. For what I mean, it's that's the only cost you're incurring to the state anyway, to have the ability to have it there. And then it costs $10 to transfer uh, a billboard to a different owner. So, and the Missouri Department of Transportation is who oversees all of these rules, even though, as we're going to talk about, there are some uh, local ordinances that come into effect here, too. But MoDOT is really the agency that handles all this stuff. Yeah, those are the people you send your application to. Right, right. Yeah. So billboard regulation was actually kind of part of the beginning of highways. When we started building the highway system in the 50s, there was this thing called the Bonus Act, which basically provided a voluntary incentive-based Uh, regulation to controlling outdoor advertising. So if you complied with a few of the regulations about outdoor advertising and billboards, then you'd get a bonus 1.5% of federal highway funds. And then if you did not comply, then you just wouldn't get that money. Right. And so many of the states did this. 25 states, in fact, took advantage of this bonus act, got a little extra money to spend on their highways. Missouri was not one of those states. Um, So with some of the rules that were in that, you couldn't have more than two signs per mile, and they had to be at least 1,000 feet apart. 
Um, and again, Missouri just did not take part in it, said, nah, we're, we don't want to do that. Uh, half the states in the country didn't as well, but 25 did. So we kind of started off early, Missouri as a state, saying, nah. Yeah, we don't need your federal money. That's a common Missouri refrain. <laughs> yes, that has not changed either. We don't know the motivations for sure, but that could have been one of them, I suppose. So that is in place for about uh, six or seven years. And then the Federal Highway Beautification Act comes along in 1965. And Lady Bird Johnson, I think that's our first Lady Bird Johnson reference on this show. Are there going to be more? I don't know. You know, people love Lady Bird Johnson, but she really pushed this um, in the 60s. And it had to do with basically just what it sounds like, Beautification Act. It was trying to Mm -hmm. keep highways nice as, you know, there were a lot of billboards popping up. There were junkyards along highways and things like that. And so there was an effort by her and many across the country to try to make sure that things still look nice as the, as the landscape changed so significantly once these interstates were put in. Right. Yeah. And at this time, we had all kinds of different looking signs, different types of signage. So what this was doing was bringing some conformity to the signage system, which would make it easier to regulate in the future. So uh, initially, the law said that there'd be some size restrictions, uh, some shape restrictions, and there would be a 500-foot spacing requirement, meaning you couldn't put them closer than 500 feet together. Right. Now you can put them closer than you could have under that bonus act, which was a voluntary thing. Now this is actually a federal law that goes into place because not everybody was conforming to the 1,000 feet. This is still closer together than those states that decided to conform to the bonus act. But 500 feet, again, now we're at 1,400 feet. So we're much more spaced apart. But 500 feet was was where we were uh, basically from 1965 up until the 90s, really, was where we were in the state because there was no new state restriction on billboards, especially on the spacing distance. States could make things more restrictive, right? They had the ability to make it more restrictive, but not less. Um, a few other things about this, it did set some regulations on which outdoor advertisements could be used and where they could be used. Um, it had to do with what types of advertisements. It made rules about signs for your business that are actually located on site, things like that. So many states went ahead and made more restrictions. Uh, but in Missouri, we didn't. So it kind of really was a little bit of the Wild West, I guess, because the restrictions were there. I talked with John Regenbogen from Scenic, Missouri. Um, he helped us out a lot with this show. And he basically told us that there were a few things that really contributed to us having so many. One of those was the fact these restrictions were so loose for so long. But then we do have a pretty aggressive billboard industry. And he said that the people that built billboards here would look for loopholes in that Highway Beautification Act. Uh, he said there was one that he thought or he'd heard that they'd been taken advantage of multiple times which had to do with the restrictions of, again, not wanting those in rural areas. They had to be near businesses. So here's what uh, what he said. But what they did, and, and what you'll see if you go out on I-70, like in, in particular between uh, Columbia and St. Louis, is you'll see these occasional um, sham shacks or sham businesses, as we call them, that are these little huts along I-70. And you know, even at the time when you're erected, they may not even have had utilities there, but they called that a business and claimed that that was not a rural area, and this allowed them you know, to erect you know, a billboard farm of maybe you know, five, six, seven billboards you know, surrounding you know, those, those shacks. Now, again, there are now laws that make that practice Explicitly much more tough. Address yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It, it, the, one of the few restrictions MoDOT mentions on their website is that it, the business can't be a residence. It has to be an active operation of at least 180 days of a year. Uh, someone has to be there 20 hours a week during posted business hours, so it can't be a non-existent business anymore. But yeah, Meth labs don't count. <laughs> no, they don't. I'm assuming, you need, yes, you need to have a permit. Uh, yeah, no, that does 
Good point, Scott. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> That's um, so useful. So again, nothing really happened until the mid-90s as far as regulation when some localities, some municipalities and cities and counties decided that they wanted to try to do something about this. Yeah, this was an interesting thing because, like you pointed out before, places like Vermont and Hawaii across the country, making these restrictions more strict is not very unusual because they were pretty loose to begin with. Um so some cities in Missouri started to try to do that. In St. Louis in 1993, they tried to ban all new billboards, basically just put a cap on the existing stock of billboards. And at that time, the law said you can, as a locality, create more laws as long as they comply with the intent of the law and also customary use of billboards. So obviously very vague concepts. Yeah, customary use is crazy gray area. Yeah, yeah, crazy gray area. It basically just screams fight this in court. I don't know why they do this. <laughs> or they put these in laws when they're just going to be fought over later. But anyway, uh, this St. Louis law, uh, St. Louis ordinance went into the courts, and the courts struck it down because they said this didn't comply with the intent of the law, that the law was to regulate and allow for billboard use, not to ban it. And then 1996, the issue went a little further when a ordinance at Lake St. Louis uh, was fought in the courts. This was an ordinance that was just regulating the size and lighting of billboards and would seem to go with the intent of the law. But that was invalidated because they said that it violated the customary use of billboards. So we're in this weird stage in the mid-90s where it seemed that it was actually impossible to create local ordinances, even though the law explicitly encouraged you to do so. Right. But then in 1997, the law made it even more clear, right? Uh, so legis- the legislature decided to pass this uh, new law that said that any city or county can have the authority to adopt new regulations with outdoor advertising that are more restrictive than the height, sign, lighting, and spacing provisions in the state law, which, again, mirrored the Federal Highway Beautification Act, because there really wasn't much in the state law um, that went beyond what was in the Beautification Act. So all of a sudden now, uh, municipalities, cities, actually cities and counties, it says, uh, can decide to have their own restrictions. So that is kind of a whole new ballgame. And really, that's how a lot of times when state law can't get changed, that's how things actually happen is at the local level. Think of like smoking bans. Missouri doesn't have a smoking ban, but they'll go city by city to get smoking bans passed. It's kind of like that. That's right. how that's how this went. And actually, Scenic Missouri has like a sample local ordinance that cities can use. That, that's not that uncommon for organizations like theirs that are trying to get uh, – get things changed. They actually have, you know, so, so somebody, a little city council person could type in their name instead of the phrase our town that they have in there. And all of a sudden you've got a new ordinance in your town. So, so that's really where things were being fought out in the late nineties, which again, we talked about those numbers uh, earlier by 2000, Missouri did have many more billboards than surrounding States. And John told me the numbers in the eighties and nineties is really where this building started, you know, accelerating. But then leading up to the year 2000, it accelerated as well. And that's because uh, Scenic Missouri and a few other organizations try to take this to the next level. And that's through an initiative petition to what became eventually Proposition A. So this is the kind of thing you would see on your ballot and you would vote for. At the same time, you'd be voting for city council people and mayor and that kind of thing. Exactly. And so the statewide ballot initiative would have capped billboards in the state, basically would have not allowed any new billboards to be built on primary highways. Yeah, it's probably the first aggressive regulation against billboards that we had seen since billboards began in the state. Basic. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And because up until this point, there were very – 
very loose. You know, they only had to be 500 feet apart. That's not very far. Um, the other things this would have done would have, again, affirmed the rights of cities and counties to regulate billboards. It would have prohibited the replacement, rebuilding, or relocation of existing billboards. So if your billboard falls over, you can't put it back up. It and also, that was important because that would have slowly reduced the stock over right, time. Right, right. Enough uh, fires or windstorms or whatever, and, and eventually they all go away, hopefully. Yeah. And, of course, this became a big fight, and just like any proposition does, where the billboard industry decided to come out and you know try to fight this. Yeah. And this might be the beginning of a aggressive presence by the billboard and advertising industry in politics, because after this point, we see them being active again and again. Yeah, at least on a very transparent basis, right? Because yes. things were being brought up. Maybe they did a good job of allowing preventing things from being brought up before the late 90s, but it was an issue. People were making an issue of it, and so all of a sudden, here comes the billboard industry and these guys having to fight it out in public, right? Right. It was a really close vote, actually, for a proposition. It did not pass. It it lost uh, 51.1% to 48.9% out of more than 2 million votes cast. So it was pretty close down the middle. Um, I, I was told, though, that by John and and others that there was a run on building before that 2000 timeline, right? Because right. a lot of a lot of billboard companies said, well, let's get all these up before they outlaw them, right? Uh, and they threw some up as quickly as they could. Um, but then there was a little bit of a peacetime after 2000. But both sides realized they needed to try to get something done. They needed to come to some, some sort of compromise. Um, right. And so, so in 2002, we- there's some new legislation, right? And it does bring in some more regulations, but it's not nearly as strong as a ban. Right. So what it ended up doing was it took the that minimum space uh, between billboards from 500 feet up to 1,400 feet, which is a pretty big change, right? Yeah. Up until now, you could have had th- uh, actually four billboards almost in that length of time. Now you can mm-hmm. only have two in that length of space. It also raised billboard fees, which is, again, they're not that high now. Like, what so that were they? Be- it was like $7 I don't know. It must have been that. nothing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't understand. It raised billboard fees, and then it also... Tighten requirements for businesses to have on-site billboards. That might have been the time when we had this, uh, these really res- restrictive uh, things about you can't have those fake shacks out there. Okay, mm-hmm. um, So again, I, I, don't, I doubt that the uh, billboard companies actually were happy about this. But at the same time, because it was so close in that election, I mean, this was, issue was probably not going to go away. And, you know, when you come down to 40,000, 50,000 votes, like you – you could have lost that very easily, right? That there's a complete chance there. And so if, if this came up again, there's a chance they lose the ability to build any new billboards altogether, so they want to be a part of a compromise, right? So there was also, again, a very quick run on building billboards then. Yeah. Um, which makes sense, right? And all they had to do was conform with that 500 feet standard. So let's just fill in all the holes we can with <laughs> that 500 feet. So yeah, this kind of comes out as a compromise and more or less answers the question of the number of billboards in the state. We don't really revisit this again for some time. Right, because up until this point, oh, the other thing it did is uh, we talked about it, you know, a billboard falls over, you don't get to put it back up. Right. Actually, the rule here is now that if the billboard is more than 50% damaged, it can't be replaced. So John at Scenic Missouri basically says windstorms are their friend, especially for <laughs> old wooden billboards that might just fall over. Uh, all of a sudden those go out. Now, these big, like, monopole steel ones, uh, not much is going to damage those. Those are pretty structurally sound and, and, again, relatively new. A lot of these were put up in the 90s and 2000s, so it's unlikely those are going to get knocked down. And importantly, 
if your billboard has to be taken down for any reason, it cannot be replaced anywhere else. Right. So if there is some kind of road construction, say like the I-70 widening, they would require an eminent domain purchasing of your billboard's land, then that means you can't put it back up again. So through construction and natural disaster and just time, the idea was that slowly we would reduce the total amount of billboards without having to go and raise them ourselves. Right, right. At least a little bit, right? And that's yeah. what John has told me. There, you know, we lose a few here and there. There aren't many new ones going up unless you have a new highway because most of them do not conform with these new standards, the ones that exist right now. Most of the holes are filled, especially now that it's 1,400 feet apart. There's not many uh, many places you could legally build a new billboard right now. So yeah, that was a big thing. That basically, uh, that's changed pretty significantly what we've seen over the last 10 years, really. Uh, that's been the main thing that's been affecting uh, affecting the amount of billboards. But there's a few other things that came up. So in 2004, I, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, one of the things that many people talk to me about is are these these sex shops, right? The what they called them in 2004 were sexy billboards. <laughs> that it was makes like it sound like the billboard itself is I attractive. Know. Oh man, that is a nice billboard. Look at that. <laughs> I'm not going to stop. Don't do that. Um, but uh, but no, well, uh, that was like the headline you wanted to use an AP article because you're yeah. not going to say porn in your AP article. But I guess so. but basically these. Um, so there was going to be a ban on this type of advertising, right? Mm-hmm. Sexually oriented businesses. John called them SOBs. <laughs> yeah, um, there, there was going to be a ban on any sort of advertising for that. And actually, it was passed by the legislature and went into effect in 2004. But then, as you might expect, there's a uh, First Amendment battle to be fought there. Yeah, it's pretty obvious First Amendment uh, uh, violation to basically single out a type of speech, that kind of thing. For To be able to regulate a whole type of speech under the First Amendment, you have to make a case for why this is extremely deleterious to society. Right. And if we're already in a situation where there are sex shops and people are okay with that, it's really hard to make the case that the the legal advertising of them is is hurting people. Right. So a federal appeals court in 2006 said, yeah, this is unconstitutional. It's yeah. not going to work. Um, yeah. But- it's funny. Uh, also, the one of the characters in um, that event was our current governor, uh, Nixon. That's right. Yeah. Nixon was attorney general at that point, and he defended that bill all the way up into an appeals court. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, I, I mentioned this earlier, but this is where I get a little defensive, too, because like it was like, what's wrong with all you Missourians, you freaks? You guys are just have, can't go 10 miles without a porn shop, right? <laughs> I tried to... Roughly it, 10, that's probably right. Yeah. I tried to empirically prove that we're not all pervs. Um, I didn't really have a lot of success because it turns out there's not a lot of data kept on uh, the amount of sex shops in the U.S. I tried to compare it state by state. I, I eventually said I can't be searching this stuff on my work computer to a certain extent. I had to stop at some point because uh, at some point, yeah. And I also, you just never know what you're going to get. I, I try to be very selective about my mm-hmm. my phrasing. But um, but anyway, but what I did, so there's not a lot of data on that. But what there is a lot of data on is online porn consumption and subscription, right? And so just to say, hey, we're not pervs, there was a great, <laughs> great, there was a study done in 2009 that compared state by state, which states people subscribed most often to a pornography site, which is similar to going and buying something from a porn store, right? Sure. It because might show it's a general trans- consumption. It's a transaction, right? You're, yeah. you're taking that step to uh, 
to actually consume and, and put it put, in your credit yes. card. <laughs> yes. So anyway, exactly. So Missouri was not on the top ten of that list. We were probably we were in the middle range like we usually are, but we had it was Bell just a porn states. consumption. Yes. <laughs> basically. Well there wasn't any real uh rhyme or reason. It kinda it's really kind of spread around. Maybe we can link to this in case anybody's number really one? interested. Um number one is Utah. Utah. Across the board. It's Utah. Then Hawaii, some weird Nevada, stuff. I guess so. Alaska's up there a few times as well, depending on if you're looking at per thousand people or per internet or broadband users, that kind of stuff. But Utah is always at the top, interestingly enough. Who's uh, at the bottom? West Virginia. Really? Yeah, which I feel like they get the other rap. I don't know. I feel like they get the like, you know what sleazeball that is? rap. I hate you know to that say is? that. But. People are going to hate me for saying this. They just don't have the internet. Oh, <laughs> they, they, Scott. Come on. <laughs> It's West it's Virginia, probably... Montana, Idaho, South Dakota are the ones that, that come up. So I guess from your operating, the, that might work, actually. All those states probably have a lot of you're, – you're making – poor guys don't even have the internet. They can't listen that's to our show. That's what I'm saying. So I guess oh. that's why you feel like you can get away with this because they have to have the internet to listen to our show. Anyway, so that, that was all I could do. But I just want to say I don't – you know, it's, I think because there are so many billboards, this is my, this is my, my opinion. I'm going to throw that right out there. But I think because there are so many billboards available, uh, people – these businesses and fireworks companies – or fireworks businesses as well that really rely on just like – traffic, people just stopping at random. So billboards are, are money well spent for advertising. Uh, because there's this huge stock, I think we have a higher proportion of those than we probably really do shops. And especially I-70. There's more on I-70 than there are on most other highways. So what you're saying is it's not that we have a porn shop problem. It's that we have a billboard problem. I think so. That's yeah. my opinion. I floated that hypothesis to him, and John seemed to think, yeah, it's probably a slightly higher percentage than it probably should be based on the other businesses that could be advertising there. Yeah. Anyway, that's my defense of Missouri. That's as far as I'll go for now. But moving on to what actually matters in this. So, right. So that was definitely a weird overreach by the legislature. Yeah. It didn't really go anywhere. Um and they kind of dropped that issue. We haven't really returned to it in state law in some time. Now the main thing is digital. The main thing we're talking about is how to get digital billboards, you know, those big flashing signs with the multiple ads on them, how to get those in the state. We don't have a lot of them in the state. Uh, we only have about 75 signs right now, this out of almost 9,000 signs. So potentially, you know, if there was no regulation at all, we could have a situation with 9,000 digital signs in the state. So obviously this warrants some kind of of regulation. Um, Right. The way it is right now is that you can't digitize a grandfathered sign. If it didn't comply with those laws in 2002, then it cannot be turned into digital. Which the vast majority of, again, of our signs don't. Right? We're talking like 85% of our signs are grandfathered signs. Right, because they are not less than 1,400 or not less than 1,400 feet apart. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that's keeping us from converting everything to digital is that it's really, really expensive, right? It's cost something like half a million dollars to convert both sides of a billboard. So that is also going to slow it down for now. Right, for now, unless that becomes less expensive. But also there is an advantage for the advertiser or for the company to offer these because then the cost of the signs themselves comes down significantly, right? Yeah, over and, time, it actually is a cost-saving measure, not just a new feature. Right, but it's a long, it's kind of a long frame of time at the moment because the cost is so high. But yeah. it costs about $1,500 to print a traditional billboard, and right now it would cost, I mean, the, that particular act would cost nothing in a digital billboard, right? And you might be able to have more than one advertiser on at a time. So all of a sudden, you probably can get more revenue. So Bill May uh, with Outdoor Advertising Association is one of the guys uh, that has talked a lot about this. Um, 
on the side of people that are building billboards, but representing them. And he uh, he testified at a recent uh, hearing at the state legislature that he thought only about 100 to 150 signs in Missouri might actually be converted to digital in the next decade of the existing ones that are there right now, just because of that cost. So the legislature really started taking this issue up in 2011. House Bill 430 was the first bill. And this one seems to be not pushed by the uh, people that would regulate um, billboards, but by the people that run them, right? This Mm -hmm. was a very pro-billboard law. It would allow grandfather billboards to be converted into digital, opening up 85% of the existing stock out there to be converted. It would also would have done things that rolled back some of the earlier regulations we had. It would have prohibited uh, local governments in some instances from banning billboards. And very importantly, it made it so that if a billboard was raised for some reason because of construction, then you could relocate them, meaning that you could keep that number steady or even growing uh, the number of billboards out there. Yeah, because again, that was what John was at least moderately excited about: is that over time these these numbers will thin out. But this is this like, would this prevent would reverse that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a part of the backstory of a lot of this is that we, as a state, are planning for a very large project of widening I-70 that over time would involve a lot of eminent domain and presumably a lot of raising of billboards. Right. Most likely, which I think, yeah, Scenic Missouri has a lot high hopes for that project. would love to see a lot of these right. erased in that time frame. So yeah. if you can mitigate that problem, if you're an advertiser and you want to mitigate that problem of I-70, then this is the way to do it. It's a pretty far-reaching bill, and Nixon, who was the governor, then vetoed it. Uh, the House actually declined to consider it during its veto session. I'm not quite sure how strong they, they were yeah, back they then. They didn't have the veto-proof majority. Republicans didn't back yeah. then. So again, as we talked about on the show before, the, the veto sessions, usually not a lot happens at those, aside from really small line item vetoes. So not all that uncommon for something like this not to come back up in veto session. Yeah, a big bill like that that's, that's uh, connected to, tra- to transportation. It's going to be difficult. Um, It's also important to point out that at that time, and for some time before that, the city of Columbia has had a ban on digital billboards. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Columbia did kind of get ahead, as it does on a lot of these types of things, and and pass some restrictions fairly early on, both just for billboards in general, and then once digital billboards became a thing, passed that. Kansas City and St. Louis also don't allow new digital billboards. Right. So in 2012, it came up again in the House, and this time it was actually passed into law. It was very similar to the bill from the year before. It allowed for science to be reset after construction. It allowed for some grandfathering to be turned into digital. But it importantly made it so that it wasn't all of the grandfathered signs got turned into digital, only some of them. So it's it's kind of weird. Now we have three different statuses of billboard, right? There are the ones that are conforming. Those are the ones that are built 1,400 feet apart and have probably been built in the last 10 years and are not that old. Uh, there are the ones that were grandfathered in in earlier regulations. Those used to be called non-conforming. And now we have ones that kind of awkwardly fit the 1999 regulations, but do not fit the 2002 regulations. And those are called conforming out of standard. (laughs) And if you, so if you meet this weird little middle ground of being illegal, but not that illegal, (laughs) then you can turn that into a billboard. And that basically had the effect of taking that 85% number that was grandfathered and couldn't be turned into digital, turn that into 50%. So half of that stock can now become digital. 
Right. And and there's also a space restriction now, right? It's not that 500 feet restriction, which is what was in place, uh, well, before the ones that were grandfathered in. It's the 1,400 feet restriction. Is the yeah. One that so it's really weird. So now but, yeah. you could have a situation where where you are a conforming out of standard billboard and you're 500 feet from another one. But as long as you're 1,400 feet from a digital billboard, then you're okay. Right. Then you could convert to a digital billboard, right? Yeah. And, and I, I talked to John a little bit about this, and he was not. He said they tried to work with them and tried to get some things changed, but he, he sounded a little defeated when it came to the, talking about this recently. You know, he, he still wants to keep working on it, but he's very worried about the digital switch. He thinks they're more distracting the drivers. Um, he's just really not happy about it, to be honest. It's hard to overestimate how much of a defeat this is, actually, for that yeah. side of things. Things, right. This was two years of very strong push by the advertising industry in the legislature. And it seems like these advocate groups like John's just weren't able to keep yeah. up. Yeah, the, the advertisers got pretty much pretty much everything they wanted. Yeah. So not only is this setting a scene for pretty lax digital regulation, but it also rolled back some standards. Now the non-reset law is gone, meaning that when we widen I-70, you could take those uh, billboards that were grandfathered in, you can move them somewhere else. Uh, the state has to pay for that moving. So yeah. we're actually a lot less regulated now than we were in the early 2000s. That's true. And and John also said, you know, what it comes down to on this is gonna, for the digital switch stuff, it's going to be again, cities and counties, as it was back in the 90s, that they're going to be the ones that are, will still have some power to restrict these and, and prevent these from coming into being. But again, when you're talking about the stretch of I-70, there are so many different cities and counties that have jurisdiction over that space that would need to be a lot of these uh, ordinances going into place over the next couple of years when these switches are probably going to start happening. So that's why you'll see a lot of billboards, and that's why you'll continue to see a lot of billboards. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, maybe not a whole lot more. That's the big thing is that we'll probably see about the same amount because we, the regulations that are there now uh, actually do keep the number pretty standard. I mean, as John said, there's a few going in here and there, but for the most part, uh, we're going to see the same number we had for a long time. So it's so for native Missourians like me, it's still going to be our embarrassment, um, but there's nothing we can really do about that at this point unless something changes significantly. Yeah. Though, you know, like like we said, we don't have that many digital signs now. It's true. And because it's very expensive, despite the laxness of these laws, we won't have a whole lot in the near future. But uh, certainly we will continue to see them. Okay. Did we do it? Yeah, I think we did it. So that's going to do it for Como Explained. I am Scott Pham. My co-host is Ryan Famuliner. Give us a listen each and every week. Find us on KBIA.org or even better, the iTunes store. Just search for Como Explained, then hit the subscribe button and get a shiny new podcast automatically each week. If you've got a comment or a show idea, we love both. Email us at news at KBIA.org. Tweet us at KBIA. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Bye.